Hi, I'm Dan Schinder. And I'm Stephen Schinder. And you're watching Yes Ship, or listening to it. Right, yeah, Father Sum podcast. Uh, he's the dad, I'm the son. And we have another guest on our podcast. Um, yeah, it's uh, from the band Lobate Scarf. It is Adam Sears. And I gotta say, that's a great shirt you have there. It's, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank like. You. I gotta mention, you have a great shirt as well. Oh, yeah. My, my coffee cup. <laughs> oh, wow. I feel so left out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this like... is actually what my desk is. Oh, thing is. there you I'm go. Using... <laughs> There you go. The Mandalorian with Grogu. Um, I've been you... following your uh, Facebook posts about the uh, Mandalorian season 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way. Exactly. This is the way. So, so let's start with that. Adam, you're a Star Wars Mandalorian universe fan. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my girlfriend, actually, my girlfriend is probably more of a Star Wars fan than I am. So she actually, I was a pretty big Star Wars fan uh, in, in, at the beginning, but she actually got me really into star wars and, and oh that's I'm, great yeah so now i'm probably way more of a fan than i would have ever been had, had not had I not met her oh that's great yeah we're <laughs> a huge star wars family no. me my wife uh steve my other son alex her son kevon a couple of the girls uh huge star wars family and my my wife has a crush on groku she's got oh, Groku yeah. shirt, Groku, <laughs> well, jam, groku knit hat scarf lunchbox beach towel umbrella everything oh my god i got a crush on grogu i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) cool so i have to ask first question before we dig into the history of the band we'll talk about history influences we'll talk about what's happening now what's coming up in the future but first question is actually sparked by when i told my wife yesterday i said yeah steve and i are having a another guest on we're real excited it's adam sears from the band low bait scarp and the connection is that John Davidson and Billy Sherwood, because she knows what our show is. She says, what the hell is a low-bait scarf? So, <laughs> who don't know, what is that? It, to me, it sounds like some sort of prehistoric ocean creature or something. Ah, what, is that's it, cool. what is it really? It's a uh, geographical formation um, that have uh, basically... Um, it's like a, almost like an astronomy term. Uh, you'll find them on different planets. You'll find them on Mercury. Uh, you'll find them on the moon. Like um, spires? What's that? Like the spires that develop? Um, yeah, so scarps uh, are, are short for, the word scarp is short for escarpment. So it's basically oh. like, an, uh, like a ridge. So when, um, you know, it's a tect- tectonic plates, so we were talking about earthquakes earlier before we, you recorded. Yeah. Um, uh, but when uh, the tectonic plates are like, uh, rubbing together the ridges start to form like sort of these really narrow mountains yeah. uh, mercury supposedly they go for like 200 miles in length and they're and the basically the the uh, I, I i used to be in another band i used to be in an acapella rock band um probably about 20 years ago or more and we had a um just a day off we were at in washington dc and we went to the aerospace museum and there is a wall of astronauts from different quotes of different astronauts saying different things. And I don't know who it was, but I saw on the wall, I'm observing lobate scarps on the planet Mercury, so, something like that. And I was like, I turned my bandmate and like, I don't know what that means, but that's the name of my next band. Because <laughs> it was like kind of mysterious to me. I had no idea. And then later on in the hotel room, I looked it up and I was like, okay, so lobate means lobe shaped. And then scarp, like okay. I said, is short, short for escarpments. So, and then, so it has that kind of, and in my mind back then, I was, uh, I wanted to have like, I'm a spacey prog rock band. I had that, I had some of that music in mind and I was like, oh, this is perfect. This works out so good. And, and then the, 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 you know, escarpments, you know, they kind of go up and down. And so that kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a metaphor for, for the music and for the dynamics of, of the music and the sound wave. Even. Exactly. Yeah. Sound waves. And so it, it kind of worked out really well. That's cool. <laughs> I love that you decided that that was going to be your next band's name before you knew what it was. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. it Latin for something like infectious genital itch or right. something like that. Yeah. A lot of Jeez. people ask me if it's Latin for anything and I'm like, yeah, no, but no. then again, you could put out a CD with a scratch and sniff sleeve if it was that. So that's true. Well, actually, on our on our first, see, on our first, um, on this our, our first album, Time and Space. Yeah. If you go in it, uh, let's see, there's a little. The so, just a, so, 
So if you people, go to a specific page, it'll teleport you, you through time and space. Exactly. <laughs> so here, there's like a little, uh, I don't know if you could see it, but there's yeah. a little description of what a yeah. low-bait scarp is right there. So people could turn to the page and, and find out. Cool. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. like a, it's like a look, school book almost. Like you kind of learn about this. Stuff. Yeah, it looks like moon craters from yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what, yeah, there's moon craters. And then there's a special, there's like a line. Uh, you see that the line with the arrows. So that's a that's right. a low bait scarp. The, yeah, so that, I gotta show, I gotta send you uh, some birds pictures of the area where I live. I yeah. actually recently, last Tuesday, was driving home from Phoenix. I live in the mountains, hundred miles oh, east cool. of Phoenix, and there's this amazing escarpment that is very, very fiercely rigid, like like a monster clawed a thousand mm. feet on this rock cliff, and it's a good probably half a mile wide or something. It's actually cool. called Apache Leap for not the mm. best reasons, okay. uh, but it's a really neat, neat, enchanting uh, area. I'll, I'll send you yeah. that. Uh, oh yeah, please do. Yeah, so there you go. There's, there's a scarf right in your backyard. Yeah, <laughs> Let, let's talk about um, influences. Um, it's no surprise that your influences include Yes, Genesis, Rush, Queen, Tears for Fears, I was a little right. surprised by. Um, and I'll kind of get to that um, 80s yeah. pop and musical theater. Oh, yeah. um, so Steve and I want to ask you a little bit about influences. And the reason I say that about Tears for Fears is I was I was not. So when Tears for Fears first came out, I was a prog snob. I was in a prog <laughs> band that, you know, we refused to play anything that you could dance to without hurting yourself. Or yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> One of those things. We were crossed between Frank Zappa, Gentle Giant, and Kansas, I guess. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, wow. it was a lot of fun. And Definitely, I'd be something that I'd be into that. Yeah, the whole skinny tie thing just, just wasn't our thing. But when they came out with Sowing the Seeds of Love, and I heard um, Olita Adams on that album, it just mm. blew my mind, and I became an instant hardcore fan. Um, yeah. So they're kind of like my guilty pleasure in a way, although there's really nothing to feel guilty about. Not exactly. That's wonderful music. Don't it, feel it really is. It is. My head was just somewhere else yeah. at the time, you know. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but but these are really great influences. Um, Steve, I, I know, has a couple specific questions regarding. Yes, you want to start with that, Steve? Yeah. So I was wondering, do you have a favorite Yes album? And if this might be even harder, do you have a favorite Yes song? Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, so my favorite <laughs> yes album is uh, Fragile. Oh, nice. Um, but my favorite yes song is Close to the Edge. Ah, mm. um, So yeah, as far as like Fragile, I think from beginning to end, that just, I mean, I've just heard that probably over a thousand times from beginning to end. Uh, Close to the Edge is a great album, of course. Um, but to me, just I just love the way fragile goes like just each track is completely different and you have like those little interludes done by all the members of the bands and um, yeah the way it unfolds really cool. was just yeah. legendary and really pushed them into a whole new space no yeah. pun intended yeah close <laughs> to the edge is my is my number one uh heart of the sunrise is my number two song and number three is awaken it's uh, probably almost traditionally what most yes fans have for their favorite songs i i believe but yeah, yeah. yeah. the top five Right. Cool. Where in your uh, musical slash life journey were you exposed to those two albums, um, Fragile and Close mm -hmm. to the Edge? So I, I, I found out about Yes in a very backward sort of way. Um, you know, That's the I, best way. <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. I mean, I was into, uh, so in high school, um, you know, I graduated in 94. Um, and so when I was going through high school, I, a lot, the, the, um, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, all the grunge stuff was really in. Alternative rock was in. Um, I liked some of that stuff, but then, like to me, like a lot of those bands came out and they started sounding very same Z to me. And mm. uh, and then uh, my best friend Danny, uh, he got me into Rush, and and because uh, a friend of his, his next door neighbor was like in the Rush, and he had some Rush albums, or his parents had Rush albums, and he showed me and uh and i was like oh this is awesome and uh so that's kind of how i got into like um you know i started going into my my parents record collection i started getting into moody blues and the who and you know they had tommy on record and they had uh jesus christ superstar the concept album uh ian um, gillen 
Yeah. And I was in the musicals. I mean, I've been in the musicals since I was um, a kid and I, you know, I was, um, I did with uh, Wizard of Oz when I was six and uh, I have a musical theater major, by the way. I have a bachelor in finance, a musical theater performance. Nice. Um, I think my whole life has been a musical. Yeah, yeah well, good. Must have been a good life then, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, do people just like sing you like while you're just walking the streets? Just, yeah, pretty like, much break out into song. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a jerk, a really big jerk. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that, those right. are great. Yeah. So, influences in- yeah. So I got into that. Um, and then how I got into yes, specifically, um, you know, I didn't realize it was yes. Cause I was when I was a kid growing up uh, in the eighties, I loved on a, a lonely heart. When that came out on the radio, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, it was so yeah. good. On a lonely heart was awesome. Um, I was a huge Asia fan. Heat of the moment. Only time will tell was probably my favorite that I heard on the radio. Oh, really? Um, Interesting. Yeah. And uh, so I loved all that, I, I, but I had no idea like the connection, you know, that they were connected. I didn't know anything about prog rock. Um, and then, uh, so, uh, so I, so basically I was looking for other music. Uh, so I got into like all sorts of music. I got into classic rock. I got into um, new agey stuff. I was into like Enigma and then I got into like, um, you know, that's like more modern new agey, but I got into um, uh, Kataro. Yes. Oh, uh, nice. Andrea's Volinviter, like that kind of stuff. Um, it's just, I, I don't know how I, um, like my uncle was really into Andrea's Volinviter. So he borrowed, I borrowed some CDs and I was like, wow, this is really cool, real cool music and totally different, different vibes. Um, I, I got into like soundtracks. I was into movie soundtracks, uh, Braveheart, Titanic. Uh, like I love that kind of, all that stuff. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I had a Kataro album um, and it had John Anderson on it. Yeah, yeah that, that was that Dream, correct? Yeah, Lady I love Lady that album. Oh, man, a lady I dream. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, I yeah, love the song Island of Life on there. Island of Life is great. Yeah, there's so, such great songs. And I was like, John Anderson. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I thought like John Anderson was like a country guy, but <laughs> I don't, doesn't really sound like country to me. But I kind of got that car on the side. That, that was the other John Anderson, the J O H N. Anderson I, I still don't even know like what songs he does I'm not, I'm not even sure but um yeah so I got into that and then uh, I, I belonged I saw so I started I, I signed up for BNG music service remember that yeah absolutely uh so I got into that and I saw um they had a sale it was yes years the four cd box set yeah I remember and, when that um and it said John Anderson and I was like oh shit this John because they uh, they sent me a brochure and I was like oh shit I love his voice like his his stuff on Kataro is amazing he's got a, a whole band what <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered it it was like 75 percent off so I got it for like 15 bucks or whatever oh, wow. shipping. I couldn't and first song something's coming what's yes. story one of my favorite musicals I was like, what? Something's coming. Like, what is this? Like, and I was like blown away from just from the get go. Just, I was like blown away. I was like, oh my God. And I just kept on listening to track after track after track. And very quickly, this became, Yes became my favorite band. So that's the story, the long story, how I became into Yes, the backwards way. (laughs) And then I just got all their CDs and and then I just became obsessed. That's great. We forgot to mention something uh, at the outset, because a lot of people may not know this, that uh, folks, Adam is the keyboardist and the lead vocalist of Low Bait Scarp. So that begs a question. Wh- who, what one, okay, that's hard to do. What one to three keyboardists <laughs> are your biggest influences on that instrument? And mm. what vocalists are your biggest influences? I, I have a voice in my mm. head. I hate to make comparisons. Oh, sure. I don't want to compare. And then someone says, oh, yeah, I hate that guy. You know, <laughs> so tell yeah. us first. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, because like, it's weird because, you know, like my, my favorite band is Yes, obviously, that's why I'm here. And, uh, you know, my I, mean, I love prog rock. I mean, like my second favorite band is probably King Crimson, Emerson Lincoln Palmer, mm-hmm. you know, um, I love Pink Floyd, of course. But as far as like, you know, musically, like what I do, you know, I mean, like my favorite keyboardist of all time, I would say is probably Rick Wakeman. Um, I'm not I'm no Rick Wakeman. I can't. You know, I don't, I, I, I'm classically trained. Uh, I took piano when I, by the time I was five until I was 10, I was really good. Like the first couple of years. And then I just didn't want to be told like what to play. And I just kind of, you know, my parents didn't push it 
you know, too much. I wish they did because I could have been a better, you know, piano player right now. But I got back into it in high school and in college. Um, yeah, so as far as like piano, I mean, I'm just, I, I like pretty much everything. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Billy Joel fan. Wow. Um, I like Elton John. I like um, the way, you know, his chord progressions are amazing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. I don't think I play like anybody in particularly, um, but I kind of just, you know, I, I, I kind of just, I guess I'm just influenced you know subconsciously from yeah. all these people that i like uh as far as vocally um let's see um i mean yeah freddie mercury is probably one of my favorite vocalists oh. i love J john anderson of course yeah um let's see um yeah billy joel's great um uh you know and he's like uh let's see who else um man george michael um yeah, a lot of 80s stuff. Um, I love Danny Elfman as a vocalist. Oh, um, yeah. Stuff. I love Oingo Boingo. I'm a big fan. An amazing guys. composer. I actually went to school with um, Karen Bartek, who was the oh, wow. sister of, yeah, a guitarist. Right. Oingo, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I remember I when they were, she was telling me, because I was in a band at the time, and she was telling me, yeah, my brother's a guitar player in a band. And I'm like, oh, what's the name? Oingo Boingo. I'm like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and it was That's like a great. year later poof there they were it was really cool and then of course the um composer work the film score work that tanny elfman went on to do is just legendary i mean yeah, that composer. yeah nightmare before christmas is my mm -hmm. favorite christmas movie and my favorite yeah. halloween movie oh yeah so good yeah, yeah i i got into um yeah i mean i love danny elfman as a composer probably i'd say uh edward scissorhands is probably my favorite score mm. Um, mm. Batman is great, of course, too. Batman yeah. Returns. I like Batman Returns. I think I have that on cassette tape somewhere. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. His themes are just like, you know, just epic, you know, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and junior, so junior high, just going back to like my vocal influences, junior high, uh, I was into more like metal, rock. I loved Metallica um i got into um uh iron maiden oh um iron maiden's my very first live uh performance uh as oh, far what as year? a live show it was anthrax what? opening up for iron maiden it was 92 the, the tour uh, was that it was the no prayer for the dying yeah I, I go back as far as with iron maiden when clive yeah. burr and paul diano were still with them. okay okay yeah um, um way way back before they oh, yeah. headlined they opened for ufo if i remember right or oh. the ufo and then another time the scorpions and then they started headlining when they got bruce and nico and nico's been on my show quite a few times on drugs. oh cool yeah that would have been a great band good show great i was band. in the guns and roses a lot use your illusion guns and roses you know they're kind of like what all right, so Guns N' Roses, uh, Faith No More, big into the, those guys in the early 90s. And those guys, I would say, really influenced um, uh, my songwriting, uh, you know, as far as um, long form songs. You know, like you, Faith No More, you have, you know, like the, zo the zombie, um, what is it called, Zombie Baby. Yeah. And, um, and the other one, um, uh, a Real Thing, like that. Yeah. Those are, you know, 10 minute songs. Um, Guns N' Roses had, you know, Coma and Use Your Illusion and uh, Estranged. Those are uh, November Rain, of course, like one of the best like guitar solos. Yeah. Um, you know, so all that stuff that, that really like piqued my interest. I'm like, this is amazing. You could write long songs and like, and it's like a piece of music. It's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so uh, Faith No More, I definitely probably I could say I'm influenced by Michael Patton's voice as well, as well as a little bit of Axl Rose, you know. Very cool. And Here are the influences pretty shared amongst the band as far as the top ones that are listed like genesis yes rush etc i think so like so my bass player andy his favorite band is rush um rush is definitely in my top five um my uh my so my original guitarist uh from the first album white binder uh he i think he was really into um uh Yngwie Malmsteen and oh. uh, uh dream theater so he, he's loves john petrucci and uh he's really into pink floyd as well so he was really into gilmore yeah um and uh yeah and then uh and then peter matuchniak my 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 current guitarist he's in the um 
old school Genesis, Steve Hackett. In fact, he's in a Steve Hackett tribute band. Oh, really? Yeah, they haven't played for a while, but I know they're called the uh, the Steps. Oh, neat. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Steve, let's talk with Adam about uh, some of the pieces of music. Um, but but first, you know, let's actually cite a couple of things just so people know. Uh, the first album, Time and Space, was in uh, Progarty's top 13 albums of 2013. That's a neat numerization that worked out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, instrumental mix version came out May 1st of 2020. July 2016, Beautiful Light released as a single in September 2019. Saw the release of, of the EP, Spirals and Portals. And coming up this year, everything stays on track and works out. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. In April of 22, Sarasota, Florida, the Raws Fest. Um, are you excited about that? Very excited. You're very, very excited. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. Definitely our biggest show to date. Uh, our only show out of California. So, you know, we, we'd never go anywhere. Uh, so, <laughs> so it'll be pretty cool to, to get <laughs> out of the great. state and, uh, and see uh, new audience, new people. And uh, yeah, you know, and especially, you know, it's Prague people, you know, it's our kind of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, Steve and I have listened um, to a bunch of track steve what's your do you have a favorite um i think the epic uh which is a title track time and space is my favorite i I, I, you know as prog rock fans we tend to get drawn to the epics like if we see the length we're like oh this has gotta be great and it was like you know through that entire album i i heard um you know, I could hear bits of Dream Theater, you, you know, one of the influences you mentioned. Mm. And the song Beginning of Us starts off sounding very Pink Floyd influenced to me, but mm. then becomes its own thing, like takes a turn. And like just throughout, it has like this very, pro- like it feels to me like there's also bits of like prog metal mm. in it. And it sounds very spacey, which yeah. hence the title, like it just fits so well and what what struck me about like the first few songs on time and space is after i would be finished listening to each one i would think oh yeah that was a great 10 minute song then i would look at the runtime and i'd be like oh wait that was only four minutes only six minutes wow there's like a lot packed into these (laughs) yeah oh yeah like and i think uh track two i think jacob's ladder is about maybe like four and a half minutes something like that and it's probably their most complicated complicated song it's probably even more complicated than time and space it took us a while to learn just because there's so many changes in such a short amount of time yeah so that one yeah. that was that one was a doozy to learn uh, like for a live show i i agree with everything steve said i think my favorite song so far of everything i've heard from you guys is save my soul and one of the reasons why, again, I hate to make comparisons, but I'm, I'm going to, if that's okay. Sure. Um, the, it reminds me, and this isn't why I like it. I like it because of the diversity within that song. It just, you're going down this lane and then there's mm. this hard fork in the road for a bit. Mm. And yeah. it reminds me of a song on um, Haken's album, Vector, where mm. there's a couple points where it just, totally gets out of that suit and puts on a whole different costume for a bit and then goes back mm. and it totally works. I really love those yeah. types love of Haken. Haken is great. Yeah, they're they that they have they're probably one of the one of my favorite newer bands that have come Yeah, me out. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're probably my favorite, like what I would call prog metal, if yeah. if you will. And I I found that album by accident, yeah. fell in love with them and then just blew through their whole catalog. And then finally found a video from Vector and um, saw that Ray Hearn was only playing like a five piece kit. And it really blew mm. me away as a drummer because I thought he was playing some huge mm. kit and everything. It was it was really it's uh, not the size. It's what he, you do with it. That counts. <laughs> That's what I keep telling my wife. Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right. It's it's all how you use it and what the sounds are and everything. And Ray Ray's just an awesome drummer. But yeah, that's that's my favorite song. I really like that. I'm really mm, eager to cool. hear your entire new album. And on that note, no pun intended, uh, folks, sit back for a moment. We're going to play you a couple 
rough mix slash unmixed samples uh, from the new album uh, with John and Billy from Yes, guesting on vocals. This is You Have It All. And I got to tell you, when I first heard this, Adam, it, if you didn't say so, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have occurred to me that this wasn't like the final mix. It sounds really cool. Oh, cool. It is. Yeah, it could even be an alternate release maybe further on down the road with a collection of other stuff. Who knows? But yeah. check this out. Yeah, they their voices sound really good, and I gotta tell you, when I first saw the news uh, a few months ago that they're guesting on a song on this album, you know, back then I didn't know Lobate Scarp's material that well, so I thought, okay, they're probably gonna be on like some five minute song, and it turns out it's on a much longer song. Um, I'm just looking at the length of the track 1430 yeah 14 and a half minutes yeah yeah um so yeah i'm like very curious to see how that all fits in context with the rest of that piece what the final like full version ends up being or maybe that's all they do on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's so basically i'm trying to think yeah like you have it all is about i think it's basically like a three-part song and then the fourth part returns it's basically it's like a coda of the first part um you know and so i have i think i have so on the first track it's just it's me on the verses and then billy is it sings the entirety of the first chorus um you had i don't think you had that on your clip but it's um pretty good um and it's just it sounds great um yeah and originally i wasn't planning to have billy to sing that chorus but as we were making it i was like you know what i should just have him just sing that whole chorus because i think that'd be so cool <laughs> that's um, great and then and then john appears about like six minutes in when we get to the part two um he has that nice kind of serene i kind of always had him in mind uh when I wrote that part, um, and then um, and then and then they kind of slowly come in, and they start to harmonize, and then at the end, it's all of us singing like multiple parts. Yeah. Um, what I like about it a lot, just from that little sampler, is that it reminds me reminds me of, or and hopefully other people will experience this the same way, that Billy sounds like Billy Sherwood. And John uh, Davis yep. sounds like John Davison. They sound like themselves. And yeah. obviously in Yes, you know, Billy's singing a lot of Chris Squire parts. Mm-hmm. John singing a lot of John Anderson parts. And, and it's 
you know, we had a little bit of that on the quest and with mm-hmm. John on heaven and earth, but yeah. you really hear them sound like themselves, yeah. which is they, great. They sound so great together cool. too. That's the one yeah. thing I was like, I really like, if I want, if I get one, I really hope I could get the other, you know, cause it would just be wonderful to have. Exactly. And I was lucky, you know, John, um, you know, he gave me, his, he gave me his uh, stuff remotely. I sent him the tracks and then he recorded it remotely. Um, and I was lucky. To, I mean, I, the stuff that he gave me like right away was great. I asked him one more time just to go through it because he only gave me like one, one take. And my producer, he's like such a perfectionist. And he was like, I need more, <laughs> just a couple more takes because I want to like kind of choose like the best stuff, uh, like the best words and yeah. uh, the best whatever, you know, and then it, or maybe I, he wants to double it. So if I could get more takes. And so John was totally cool to, to send me some more stuff. Um, and then Billy, I was totally lucky. Billy was actually able to come into the studio because he's he's a local guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was and he was like, because I was like, you should just, you know, record remotely. And he's like, no, I'd rather just come in. And, and that way we could go in and out and just do it. You know, and he was great. And he added some even more harmonies that that I didn't even write, you know, and, and he added just to it. And it just made it grow like exponentially. It was awesome. Yeah, Billy was and he's such a great guy. One of the nicest guys I, I've met. Yeah. 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 Not easy to work with, but a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's super, yeah. super easy to work with. Yeah, so I met cool. Billy. Um, I've known Alan White since 1989. And I remember when they were going through the weirdness before Union, he, he said, yeah, we're starting this new thing. And have you ever heard of World Trade? And I said, no. And he showed me the album, pointed at Billy. and said, this guy's working with us. And you know, all, all this stuff. And then everything transpired and unfolded the way it does. But he introduced me to Billy mm-hmm. on the Open Your Eyes tour when I saw them in, in San Diego and we became friends and had stayed in touch ever since. And I think what's neat about Billy Sherwood is if you need to call on someone with a very well-rounded experience, he's worn more hats with yes than anybody else. Oh, he's yeah. played oh, guitar, yeah. he's played bass, he's sung background, he's sung lead, he's engineered, mm-hmm. he's produced, he's he's, he's done keyboards. Yeah, yeah. Keyboards, keyboards he wrote like even before, like you know, he wrote some stuff on Union. Uh, yeah. Uh, my first my very first yes live experience was uh the talk tour in 94. Yeah and I didn't know but in the in the side, you know, that's Billy Sherwood on he playing yeah. additional keyboards, additional guitar. Hey. He's like kind of like backstage so i didn't know who that guy was in the corner but i was like oh shit that's billy sure <laughs> yeah <I> know. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it was kind of weird but in hindsight like he's yeah. been there that's such a long, yeah, time, a long time yeah and just the stuff with open your eyes and the ladder is actually probably one of my favorite um me too those albums mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know and when we went to make time and space my producer and i uh steven levitt we were listening to the latter like so much because we wanted to kind of capture that energy for our album. And so there's, you know, there might be a little influences there, but as far as like the energy, I think we really captured that kind of energy. It's very live. Yeah. 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 Um, When you listen to the house of yes, and you listen to the studio tracks, you know, often there's, there's two sort of different versions that are sometimes quite different or that energy level is, is more amplified on the live version with those two you don't really get that because it was already there on the studio album and all they need to do is emulate that and it works perfectly live i love that album it's really good so good yeah so what what it is up with touring and whatnot are you guys going to go out on tour what are you if you don't mind me asking what are you yeah. going to do with those vocal parts on You Have It All if you play that live? How can you not play the 14 yeah. and a half minute epic, darn it? <laughs> yeah, well, we've played that song before live. Uh, you know, our last show was uh, was January of 2020. Uh, we opened up for Iz, Iz came to town. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Iz, I-Z-Z. I'm not, yeah, no. They're no. really good. You should look them up. Um, they have a lot of like old school Genesis uh, inspiration, uh, nice. influences. They're really cool. They're from New York. Um, and I kind of kept in touch with them for a while. And, and actually, Peter, my guitarist, he knows them really well. Uh, and so they were coming to town and, and they asked us to open for him. And, and, and that was awesome. And we had a good time. We had a great, it was like in a, this uh, small theater in Santa Monica. And we had a um, great show. It was fun. And uh, yeah, we played You Have It All. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was just me and Andy, my bassist, like he was doing the background vocals for that one. Um, you know, and you know, if we do it again, you know, I don't know, we might have to have some like recorded tracks or something. I, I might have to ask John and Billy if it's cool to use their their voices. I don't know, it's like a background track or something. But yeah, because now it's unfolded since then. Yes, so. now, yeah, now that the live album, the yeah, live one's going to come out. I mean, the um, the studio one's going to come out. We kind of have to like up our live game a bit. But you know, but I actually kind of think it's you know the live thing and the album thing it's a different monster and i think you could play yeah. a show live and almost like a different version of the song live you know than than to have the album version because on the album you know we get to we like um we record oh and we recorded a string quartet the other day for you have it all so i mean it's going to be big uh that's you know crazy. so that's going to be wow. tough to it's going to be tough to uh to, to do all that live but that's the beauty of the of the studio um you could just add a bunch of people in there and then just you know make whatever sounds you want but yeah then when you go live you know hopefully you don't disappoint you know hopefully right. keep the energy up um but just have, have a different version of that song and maybe have yeah. someone say where's the orchestra or where's you know where's that rhythm guitar part that you know because well because i only have one guitarist i have peter you know you can't play rhythm and lead at the same time in the studio you could do that uh so you know so yeah there's things you know you know we have to play all the main parts all the main melodies all the main hooks yeah um, all that extra part you know hopefully you know it's not important to people and they won't miss those kind of things yeah bands have been doing that forever from zeppelin to deep purple to yes to genesis all gentle giant all all of them so i don't i don't think people have for the most part, unrealistic expectations. Plus, there's just a whole different. Aside from the expectation, they're in that experience. Yeah, and I don't think they're picking it apart quite that way. For, for the most part, exactly. Um, and, that and way, you can say, about, "Hey, you know, you if you like this live version, go buy the CD. It's a whole different version with yeah, twenty absolutely. more musicians. You know, check you it know out. what? <laughs> my, my whole life." With the exception of Haken and Lobate Scarp, my first experience with every band I've ever gotten into has been purchasing a live album first. Mm. Because wow. I wanted to hear the I wanted to experience exactly that with okay. without all the other stuff. And in fact, yes, songs and close to the edge I bought at the same time. And I listened to Yes songs over and over and over first to the point to where when I put on Close to the Edge and heard the studio <laughs> version of that, I was like, what is this? It was like yeah. so different with Bill's drumming yeah. and, and the whole production versus mm-hmm. Alan's drumming. And that it's a whole different composition yeah. almost. Yeah. And and I love that. But when I think of all these bands I've ever and Zeppelin is an exception because I got into them when I was six when their first album came out. Oops, I gave something there away. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so I think, you know, people will definitely be cool with it. I'm sure you guys will kill it. And on the topic of members and people adding things, you've got a nice list of guest members. And I'm actually friends with Jimmy Keegan, the guest drummer. Oh, cool. Yeah, Jimmy's a great guy. Did great, great in Spock's beard. Um, then you got Eric Moore, who's a monster on the drums. Oh my God. Um, I'm going to kind of go so through good. the list here for people because I'm sure there's other people here that other folks have heard of. Andrea Witt on viola and pedal steel. You got Rachel Grace also on violin. We mentioned Eric, Jimmy, Billy Shear with John Davidson, of course. Uh, Rio Okamoto on B3 synths and jazz piano. Yeah. Uh, Rich Mauser on guitar, 12 string acoustic guitar, mandolin, shaker. And yeah, Rich is our co- co-producer as well as our mixer, but he also like he's like not very well known that he could play guitar like a beast. Really? So he'll add some stuff. If he hears something that's kind of missing and he wants to make something more interesting, he's like, hey, what do you think of this? And then, I'll, and then it's like, oh, shit, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Michael Bernard on synth and drums programming. Got Stephen Levitt, producer on additional pianos and B3 Moog. Synth programming, maracas, tambourine, glockish bill, vocals, kazoo, paper and comb, spoons, <laughs> castanets, and what's that? A blade of grass through the hands. Blade of, oh, <laughs> we should do that. Yeah, that's like actually a good idea. Blade of grass. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've also got um, 
a single coming up titled yeah. Our Test Tube Universe, yeah. and we'll, we'll play a bit of it for people to hear. Cool. Yeah. But, let's, let's drop some of that in right now. Actually. Oh, sure. Yeah. Go for it. I listened to it while I was probably working on some stuff on my laptop, and because uh, you know Adam, you sent it to me, and then I started playing it, and I just started like bobbing my head, moving like this, like right away. Awesome. It's like recently, um, well, like last night actually, I started uh, going through. I could just start listening to Buckethead's discography. He's made like over 300 albums, apparently. Oh, really? And it gave me like a similar reaction. Like the style is so different. It's just like Buckethead stuff is super weird, but mm. it gave me that same reaction of like just bobbing my head and like, you oh, know, okay. all this other stuff. And um, th this new song that you sent me made me feel that same way, even though it's a different style. It, it feels a little bit... Um, and I don't know if this was one of those other influences, but it feels a bit Zeppelin-esque. Mm. And, um, like, it's just such an earworm. Like, it sticks with you. I'm still, like, imagining it right now, you, you know, like, du -du 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 you know, it, it just awesome. sticks with you. So you cool. chose a good track many for a single. Heard it, yeah, so this is great, uh, great, um, you know, uh, feedback, you know, because, yeah, I think very limited people have heard it. And it hasn't been released yet officially, I think, uh, next week or maybe by the time you you air this it'll be released i'm not sure yeah figuring it out <laughs> that's cool um not to detour too much but steve what the fuck is Bucketheads? <laughs> i've never Bucket 300 albums what he's a guy from guns and roses that replaced the other guy right he had a bucket on his head um he definitely has a bucket on his head my so I'm not very familiar with what he's done and other stuff, but my introduction to him was years ago when I was a teenager, I found out that like in the late nineties, early two thousands, there was going to be this, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film by the director's son called all American massacre. And the trailer had some really cool music and it was by Buckethead. He was going to play Leatherface. Um, that fan film never came out, but just. You know, I stayed aware of Buckethead for a really long time, but didn't actually get around to listening to his stuff until like yesterday, pretty much. How interesting. I never heard of this. Yeah, um, I don't know really much about his albums. I just know that he, he joined Guns N' Roses for a little bit. Huh. On what instrument? I think guitar, right? Or yeah. after Slash left for a little while? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. So instead of the top hat, he had a bucket? <laughs> yeah with holes maybe so i could see or maybe couldn't see i don't even know <laughs> the adam um i i hear so many things in your guys music and again not not to make comparisons but to, just to give people some sort of preview and personal context from my ear um i hear some kansas here and there oh, yeah. even in your voice too i hear old steve walsh in your voice oh, cool a bit not necessarily the higher register but right. his his more mid-range voice he sound a lot like steve walsh actually okay cool yeah I, love, I mean yeah he's got a great voice so that that's awesome to hear i've never heard that before so appreciate yeah. that and, <laughs> yeah that's cool and, and recently yeah. i wish i could sing as high like in that stratosphere oh my god man that's so good in my yeah. band back in my day when i was referring <laughs> to that that band we tore up the sunset strip for, for like four or five years my cousin played Hammond B3 some since, and he cool. did sound like Steve Walsh. He had oh, that. Oh, okay, cool. He was a cross between Steve Walsh and Ian Gillen. He could get up uh, there. 
he was yeah on the really uh, on the on our, our trusted universe uh, that's Rio Okamoto on the B3s yeah it sounds um, and then that's Jimmy Jimmy on the drums yeah yeah it sounds really really good so folks no matter how diverse your musical tastes are or influences mm -hmm. if you're whether you're a fan or a musician there's really something for everybody on this album without it yeah. sounding like someone threw a bunch of marbles up in the air and they just scattered. It's, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Continuity, which, which is great. You know, there's a time and place for all that. I mean, you know, I, I kind of like that kind of weirdy, like weird stuff as well, avant garde and yeah, yeah. Brian Eno, the airplane sounds, you know, all sorts of weird stuff, you know. So King Crimson could kind of get out there at points and I kind of like that stuff, but Definitely. I wanted to keep Lobate <laughs> Scarp a little more grounded, you know. Yeah. What? else is ahead other than the Ross fest um that's pretty much right now where we're going to and after Ross fest we'll see what happens um you know of course we got the album that's coming out um the official release date of the album is april 1st um if wait you're on... is that really coming out <laughs> april 1st that's the goal that's the plan uh we're a little behind uh because um yeah, it's, there's a lot of missing, there's a lot of pieces uh, that we got to kind of fit together. Um, yeah, you know, we were playing, we had the, we heard this uh, string quartet um, yesterday. Oh my God, was that yesterday? Oh my God. Like, I don't know if you could tell I'm so tired. Like this has been like an epic week. We've been trying to like finish up the single. We've been trying to like mix all the stuff. Um, yeah, you're, you're fine. And, and the reason I question that isn't because I didn't think you guys had your shit together, but it is April Fool's Day. I mean, we like, barely have our shit together. But, but <laughs> you but we're working out if for some yeah. reason it's not right. It's, ah, April Fool's is coming out May 8th. Yeah, no, we're, we're <laughs> trying not to fool anybody. Uh, and we're really trying to get it out. Uh, like originally, our goal was to get it out on uh, 2 2 because we figured album two on 2 2 would be good. Um, but that led into 22222 because we needed an extra 20 days because there's just so much stuff happening and it's like and we keep on adding more things and every time you add something you got to edit it and you got to yeah. place it and you got to mix it so it's just taking much longer than we originally anticipated um ideally so I'll, we have a um we have a uh, indiegogo campaign happening you could pre-order the album um right. and anybody who pre-orders the album on our indiegogo um you can go to gotprog.com to go to our indiegogo campaign um, ideally, everyone's going to get the whole album digitally by 22222. Um, that's, that's if we get all our shit completely together. We're really hoping we could do that. And that'll give us an extra month to, to give it over to reviewers and uh, radio stations, um, maybe, um, you know, publications so they can write about us and then just get build more interest. So by the time uh, April 1st happens, uh, we'll get a lot of people interested in uh, getting it. That's, That's great. Point. And we'll yeah. put uh, the website and everything cool. in the post everywhere where we're putting this. Uh, cool. Yeah. I've yeah, got our CD release party. Our CD release show is going to be uh, over here uh, at Molly Malone's uh, Sunday, March 27th, I believe the date is. Oh, great. Uh, so that's our album release show. So hopefully we'll have an album definitely by then. Um, and then uh, and a then, uh, week after that, uh, April uh, 7th. Uh, April yeah April April 9th April 9th Saturday we're playing at um Alvis showroom down in San Pedro what's the name of it called Alvis A-L-V-A-S it's okay. a neat little showroom it's like a it's like a next door to a music store and they have this cool showroom sits about 100 people nice. it's a nice little theater you could sit down and enjoy like intimate music basically yeah, so that's going to be our Ross Fest set we're going to practice our set over there uh and then and then a week later we do uh ross fest easter, easter weekend that's great yeah. So, awesome. uh, yeah so we're going to try to just build it up and try to you know get used to playing live and uh you know and then after ross fest hopefully we could do i'd love to do more um like prog festival shows uh cruise to the edge um yeah you know, stuff like that it'd be really cool and, and a tour because we haven't toured i'd like to go over overseas eventually once this Omicron thing right. gets out, gets in control. Because um, a lot of our um, uh, fans are in Germany and Switzerland and England and a, a lot of a, a lot of you know Europeans like Prague. Uh, yeah. So I'd love to get yeah. out there and do some shows. Um, That's you know, great. But, it's great to have an international yeah. audience. That really says something. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Adam, thank you so much for 
joining us. And thank you so uh, much. Yeah, absolutely. Not this just great. The, the yes connection, but also just, you know, on your guys' own behalf with your own, you know, what you've got going, you're carving out that hopefully it's going to be a very deep, long path. Um, got some great music and I'm sure it's just going to unfold more and more and more over the years. It's, it's really exciting especially for an, a senior like me, who's really into Prague to see new Prague coming out, you know, in recent years in 2022, who knew Prague, wow, you know, I think yeah. it's great. It really is. Oh, Thanks for keeping the genre alive. Absolutely. Dan, thank you so much. Steven, thank you guys so much for having me. This is great. I don't yeah. get to do this very often. So this is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And this even like though my... we have it in the post, give out your website, please, Adam. Okay, yeah, so our band is Lobate Scarp, uh, and website is lobatescarp.com. So that's L-O-B-A-T-E, Lobate, and then S-C-A-R-P, Scarp, lobatescarp.com. Um, or you could go to gotprog.com. It's like got, got milk, gotprog.com, <laughs> and that'll take you to the, uh, to the Indiegogo site so you can check out more about our album and the making of our album. And that's great. And folks, if you dare... To see yeah. the visual version of these shows, you could follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yes shift or Steve, they could just hear audio, right? Yeah, you could see all the audio platforms we're on over at anchor.fm slash yes shift. Also, very quickly, want to give special shout outs to listeners Carl Coppage and Brian Harris. They recently uh, donated to our podcast. Um, yeah if you want to contribute to that you can just go to anchor.fm slash yes shift and click on the support button and donate what you want and yeah we'll just keep on churning out episodes because we love making these and we're glad that people enjoy listening to these and we're glad to have conversations with all these people in to Prague and in Prague yeah, and this is, uh, we didn't mention this in the beginning. This is episode 30, not counting the Yes Shift News Desk reports. Those are totally separate. We've done maybe nine of those. Or yeah, something. we have a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah, but this is episode 30, which is really cool. And you can email us suggestions, questions, uh, love mail, hate mail, whatever you want <laughs> at yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com and the dot is lowercase. There we go. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Stay tuned for more fun and dig into Lobate Star for some new brand. Especially unwrapped. Soon to be unwrapped. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs>